Um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And um, we love you. And I hope you um, are feeling some of that love this morning. As a dad speaking to moms, um, we just want to say on behalf of all the dads, thank you, uh, moms, for all your hard work and strength, for your nurture and your wisdom. As dads, we simply would be lost without your partnership. And we know that moms in this season are feeling tired and overwhelmed because you are working hard at work or hard at home or maybe both. And so on behalf of some of the husbands or many of the husbands, I just want to say sorry for not being a better partner with all the stuff at home. Um, every Sunday when I am here preaching, you see this side of the room, which is what I want you to see. But on the other side, there is a sign on my window that says, help Reina at home. And it's in large print. And um, I told Reina not to put the sign there. I'm, just, I'm totally kidding. Um, I made that sign for obvious reasons, but um, during this season, there is just so much to do. And so this message is dedicated to all the moms who are out there. Now, in preparation for this message, I asked a mom. I asked um, the mom how she was feeling and what I could possibly say this morning that would be an encouragement to moms who are listening. And here's what she said to me. She said, honestly, if I'm just speaking for myself, I am overwhelmed. I'm trying to stay on top of things. There's cooking and homeschooling and creating structure out of chaos. I'm just tired. And when I'm tired, my patience runs thin. And so this mom said to me yesterday with the kids, I just, I lost it. I just lost it. I said something to my child that a good mother wouldn't say. And so today I'm, I'm feeling guilty. I feel like I'm not the mom I want to be. I feel like I'm not the mom I want to be. And so this mom said to me, for Mother's Day, Andrew, Please don't give a message giving us another thing to do. But moms need encouragement. I need encouragement. Can you encourage us from God's word? And so I took this, what this mom shared with me to heart. And I, I prayed about it. And I just waited on the Lord all week. And I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart to preach from Matthew eleven twenty eight. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Now, these words are pretty well known, but the immediate context behind these words are not so well known. These are words from Jesus, and he said this. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And learn from me, 
for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, people hear the scripture and they think it's for crazy, busy, crazy, tired people. And Jesus is saying, come to him to find emotional and spiritual rest. Now, is that true? Yes, it's absolutely true. These words are for crazy, busy, crazy, tired people. But the passage goes much deeper than that. It gets at the thinking, at the motivational drive that drives us to be crazy, busy, and crazy, tired in the first place. And that motivational drive is called a works orientation or a works theology. It's for people who are trying to be good enough and trying to be good enough and feeling guilty for falling short. It's for people who wake up in the morning and they don't feel great about what they did yesterday. And so they try and try and be better that day. And when they fail to do so, there is guilt and there is shame. It's for people like me. It's for guilty moms. It's for guilty humans. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Do you all know what a yoke is? When someone works out at the gym a lot and they build huge muscle mass and young people will say, whoa, that person is yoked. Okay, that's not what yoke means. Um, this is what a yoke is. A yoke is a heavy wooden bar that fits over the neck of an ox. And you see that picture right there? And it fits over the neck of an ox so it can pull a very heavy object like a plow, right? Now, normally in a shared yoke, you'll have a young ox that will be paired with a bigger, stronger, more mature ox who will carry the bulk of the weight. And so when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's saying that he is the master in charge of all of this. But when he says, learn from me, he's saying, oh, by the way, I am also the older, stronger, more mature ox that will stand next to you and carry the bulk of the weight. Now, I promise you, we're going to get back to this later. But the context of verses 28 to 30 is that Jesus is speaking to people who were burdened down with laws and rules and moral regulations that they couldn't possibly fulfill by their own strength. These are people who were trying to keep the law of Moses by their own strength, and they would inevitably fail, and they would fail and then feel guilty. And so they would try harder and try harder only to fail again. And then shame would come in. And so I realized that when I was talking to this mom about how she was feeling, I realized, oh my gosh, she's feeling exactly how the people that Jesus is talking to in this passage were feeling. Feeling like you got to work harder and feeling guilty when you fall short, and feeling not good enough, and feeling like you're not the person that you want to be, and then shame kicks in. 
no, if I'm honest with you during this season, that's how I've been feeling. Um, for the first two weeks of COVID-19, Raina and I just, we just went to work. And so Raina was like crazy busy homeschooling and I was crazy busy tending to the needs of the church. We just gave everything that we had to other people. And then at the end of the day, we had very little to give each other. And so first two weeks, man, we just fought. And Raina even said to me here in this room, she said, you know, I am, I am tired of fighting with you, you know? And, um, to which, you know, I said, well, then maybe you should just let me win. I, to, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, that's not a very healthy thing to say. But during this time, people would ask me, hey, what is COVID-19 revealing to you? And I would ask people the same thing. What is COVID-19 revealing to you? And if I were to respond honestly in the first two weeks, I would say COVID-19 is revealing that I am a sinner. And I feel guilty. And I spoke to others. And they felt like COVID-19 was revealing the same thing. One person told me COVID-19 is revealing <laughs> like just uh, how dysfunctional my family is. And it's revealing my own lack of patience with my own family. Like I can be so nice to other people and so nasty to my own family. And it's, it's surprised me even. Some of us are feeling guilty about addictions. One person told me that they've been playing a lot of video games, even to the point where relationships are suffering. And, and some of us during COVID-19 have fallen into sexual sin again. And then I, I think of the person who works all day, and then when it's time to sleep, they just, they just can't turn it off. I, I had a pastor tell me that it's hard on the seventh day to find rest. And he said, it's because I feel like if I'm not working, I have no worth, and the world will fall apart. And so Jesus says to all who are trying and trying and not measuring up and to all who are weary and heavy laden with guilt, he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls, eternal rest, forgiveness for all of your sins, freedom from the crushing burden of trying to be good enough and trying to prove your own worth. And Jesus says, come to me, come to me, and I will give you rest. And so this Mother's Day, to all the mothers out there, to all the people who are feeling burdened, there is one person you can come to, one person you can give the full weight of your sins to, and that is Jesus. And that is encouragement. Rest in his grace. Because if there is one thing that can give you rest today, it is the grace of Jesus Christ. Some of you might be wondering, if I bring the full weight of my sins to Jesus, how does he give me rest? And the best answer I have for you is one word. And that one beautiful, amazing word is grace. Grace. 
if there is one word, one idea that can help you rest today, it is grace. Rest in the grace of Jesus. And so for the rest of this message, I just want to unpack this one word and apply it to you and to me, especially in this season. First, uh, let me share with you one of my favorite stories. One day, there were a bunch of professors who were caught up in a conversation, and they were talking about what makes Christianity unique among world religions. And someone said, well, you know, I think it's this. And then others said, no, no, other religions have that. And then someone else said, well, could it be this? And it was like, no. And then C.S. Lewis pokes his head into the room and says, hey, uh, what are you all talking about? And they explain, we're talking about what makes Christianity unique. And he goes, oh, that's easy. It's grace. And then he ducks out of the room. And pretty soon after that, the professors all agree, yep, he's right. It's grace. What is grace? What is grace? In the New Testament, the person who talked about grace the most was the Apostle Paul. And he said this once in a speech. He said, let it be known to you, therefore, brothers, that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you and by him, by him, everyone who believes is freed from everything which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. In other words, if you try to be good enough by obeying all the laws of Moses, he says, you could not be freed. In other words, you can try and try to be good enough and you can fail and fail and feel guilty and you will not be freed from that cycle by your own power. And so he says, let it be known to you that through this man, Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. So Paul says, trying to be good on your own strength will not free you, but freedom and forgiveness is found in the man Jesus. And so we say, well, how is it found in the man Jesus? And then in the book of Romans, Paul explains more. He says this, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified. Okay, now listen to this. And are justified, now repeat the next three words with me, by his grace, by his grace, as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, it is not by human effort, it is by the grace of God. It's not by working harder. It's not by try, 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 fail, 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 feel guilt and shame. No, 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 try again. It is by grace. Jesus does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserve to die. And he did this all as a gift of grace. When I first became a Christian, I was taught a very simple illustration of grace. And the illustration went something like this. I want you to pretend, okay, that we are face to face. And for some reason, you decide, some, you know, unfounded reason, you decide to just slap me, just right in the face, bap, right? 
And so I'm mad. I'm so really, really mad. And, and you know, I want to slap you back, but I don't. And I withhold my hand. You know what that's called? It's called mercy. But if I not only withhold my hand and turn around and then give you a gift, like I give you a rose, okay, in return, how would you respond? You're like, Andrew, giving me a rose is kind of weird. Okay, here, I'm giving you my car as a gift, okay? This is yours, all right? All right. That is called grace. Grace is an unmerited gift. And so that is why they call it amazing grace. Like if you slap me and I don't slap you, that's really good. But if you slap me and I turn around and give you a gift, that's amazing. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, we have slapped God in the face. And what he does, he gives his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who dies on the cross for our sins so that when God looks at us, all he sees is the perfect righteousness of his son when he looks at you. You are forgiven. You have a new identity as a son or as a daughter. So when we come to God, we do not come because we are good enough. We do not come because we feel like we have earned it. No, no, no. We simply come because Jesus was good enough and he died in our place. We come by grace. And so if you know this grace deep, deep down, deep down inside, there's a sense of like, ah, <laughs> you know, like if you know it deep inside, you, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to work hard to prove your worth that Jesus did it all. Then on the inside, you can just go, oh, yes. And that is spiritual rest. All right. Uh, okay. Um, let me break it down a different way. Let me break it down. Let me break it down this. Have you ever had a day that runs something like this? Okay. So let's just picture your day. Okay. You get up in the morning and the two words that describe how you feel are meh and blah. Okay. You're feeling unmotivated. There's stuff to do, but you're feeling just meh and blah. Okay. And on this day, you, you get on Zoom and your, your boss says that everyone in this season just has to do more work and has to work a little bit harder. You have a bad attitude, but you tell yourself, you know, you're just lucky to have a job, but you still default back to the bad attitude. You, you, you pass by your neighbor who is elderly and you remember you wanted to get them groceries, but, but you still haven't, you still haven't. And you're homeschooling your kid and you're thinking, and you know, at, at this age, they should be able to get it and they should be able to focus and you, you're getting upset and frustrated and you say something you shouldn't say. And then you wind up feeling like, ah, I'm not the parent that I want to be. Your kids go to bed and, and you wanted to have a meaningful conversation with your, your spouse and you wanted to get into God's word, but you were so tired. All you did was you watched Netflix 
And so of listening, instead of listening, you, you, you watched TV. And so the next day during your morning prayers, your prayers go something like this. You go, dear God, yesterday was a rotten day and I'm not very proud of myself. And I guess I don't have that much to say. I'm sorry I didn't do better. Please forgive me. I, I'll try harder today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, listen to me. This is the word for you, okay? Your approach to God was never based on what kind of day you had or how good you were that day or even how bad you were. That is works theology. Your acceptance before God has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with what Jesus on the cross did for you as a free gift of grace. You see, who we are is not based on what we did or didn't do. It is based on Jesus and his perfect sacrifice for you and me. And so we live each day before God, each day that we live, we live by his grace. And when you know that deep down inside, you go, ah, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. Just imagine that very morning when you do pray, the prayer is more like, Lord, you're telling me that after all the ways I didn't measure up yesterday, that when you see me, you see the perfect righteousness of Jesus. <laughs> That's incredible. That is amazing. That is amazing grace. And when you realize that, it gives you new power and a new identity. And you remember Romans 8.1 that Linda referred to. There is no condemnation for you. For the person addicted to video games, there is no condemnation for you in Christ. For the mom who yelled at her kid, there is no condemnation for you in Christ. For the husband who needs to help out more at home, there is the power of life transformation for you in Jesus Christ, and there is no condemnation for you in Christ as well. For the person who slipped in sexual sin, there is no condemnation for you in Christ. For the person who struggles with patience and anger, there's no condemnation for you in Jesus Christ. And for the person who feels like, oh, I'm just, I just don't feel good enough, there is no condemnation for you in Jesus Christ. So, where does this leave us? Forgiven and free? Absolutely. But back to Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. Now, when he says, take my yoke upon you, it means this endeavor of loving God and loving others is still on. But when he says, learn from me, Jesus is saying, I am the older, stronger partner. I am the one next to you ready to do the heavy lifting. And so back to that, you know, definition of yoked, you know, if anyone is yoked, it is Jesus. So learn to rest in Jesus. Learn to rest in his grace. And when it's time to work, let your work flow from his power and his rest. Because the God who forgives you is also the God who sustains you. And the God who justifies you is also the God who empowers you. The call to live a changed life is on. 
but you don't have to do it on your own. In fact, you can't. Jesus is the yoked one, ready to do the heavy lifting through you. And you and I must learn to rest in his grace. Pray with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for the grace and the rest that you alone can provide. Father, this rest sounds irresistible, but inside our our hearts, there's worry and there's anxiety and there's this sense of being overwhelmed. Help us to trust you. Help us to believe your amazing grace, that we don't have to earn it, we don't have to work harder, that is a free gift of God through Jesus Christ. And help us inside to just go, ah, and to put all our faith and trust in you. In your precious name we pray.